0: Many of you have told me that your favorite speaker out of all those is my dear friend, Ron Merrill. Well, I've got a special announcement for you this weekend. Ron and his dear wife, Anna, and their three kiddos, they are moving here to Brownsburg, joining us on staff. Ron will become our teaching pastor. Now, I'll still be our lead pastor, I'll still be teaching the majority of weekends, but on weekends I'm not teaching, it will be consistently Ron Merrill, and I know that so many of you have been touched by God through Ron's messages, and I firmly believe this is gonna grow our church in our depth and in our breadth and i know so many of you are going to be excited about this so hey as ron takes the stage now will you put your hands together and give him not just a connection point welcome but a welcome home uh, thank you guys
1: thank you man thank you guys so much uh it just uh Fills my heart to overflowing and um, my goodness, if I could recount the last uh, 18 months of how God has used you and you know what I feel for your Pastor John and the rest of the crew here uh, just to bless me and my family and uh, restore us and patch us back together and then to have God lead us here. Um, My goodness, I am... So, so stoked and just cannot wait. Um, I fly back home to Arizona uh, tonight and then um, on Tuesday uh, we start the drive uh, all the way out. Uh, We'll be pulling into town probably on Friday and then I'll be back with you here next weekend and we will be here for good. So that's super exciting for us. my mom, my mom is making the move with us as well, so about a month after us or so, she'll wrap up selling her home. We're trying to sell our home, and we'll figure out where we're living and where we're landing and, uh, and get going here in uh, Indiana, and I, I could not be more blessed, and so thank you guys so much. Um, I got a sinus infection, and... Uh, flew in Friday night. Ever flown with a sinus infection? There's a special ring of hell to experience, right? My goodness. I was seated next to this lovely Indiana couple next to me. They were so gracious because I'm like leaking out of every orifice. You know, there's so much pressure already built, and then the pressure changes and all of that. And We took off, and uh, I thought, oh, this isn't going to be too bad, and as we're flying, we're going, okay, this is okay, and late then into the flight, the pilot came on the intercom and said, no, and I said, I didn't catch that. What, What did he say? And the guy next to me said, we're starting our descent, and then my body could feel that we began to start the descent because the frontal lobe of my brain began to emerge (laughs) via my right nostril. (laughs) Have you ever had your sinuses make that dolphin creaking noise? (laughs) I thought the plane was collapsing because I heard this noise start going, eh, 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 what is that? And then I realized it's my sinuses making that noise, I started crying from my ears. That's when I knew we were in trouble. And then at 5,000 feet, my eye just popped right out. The Indiana lady just picked it up off the floor. She said, oh dear, your eye. And she dusted off and she popped it back in for me. And it was quite nice. You Hoosier people are just so servant-hearted and kind. The lesson learned was like, if you got to sit next to anybody in a plane, make sure it's an Indiana person, they'll put your eye in for you and mop up brain goo all off the floor. And my goodness, it was a blessing. But it just started made me think about, you know, the people around you make a big difference, don't they? I know you've been having this conversation uh, for the last few weeks about your story and my story. In this series called Origin Story that we're wrapping up today about where you've come from and who you are and where you're going, this amazing story that God is authoring in you, and he's doing something special. He's done something special in crafting you and shaping you and molding you, and he takes all parts of our journey, and he's doing something special in our story and wants to do some more special stuff in the future in your story, and my story. But I, I can guarantee you this, that a significant portion of who you are, a significant part of your story, has to do with the people around you. I, I would venture that most of you have had your story take a turn for the better as a result of someone in your inner circle. Or maybe take a turn for the worse as a result of someone who was in your inner circle too. I'm a huge race fan. That's one of the blessings of getting to move here. I grew up in Long Beach, California, where the year I was born, the Long Beach Grand Prix started. And IndyCar's just been a part of my life since I've been a little guy. I've been going to the race every single year. Love it with every fiber of my being. When we were here back like in November, we took the tour at your Speedway and I cried. That airport shuttle went out there so we could kiss the bricks, and I kissed them, and then tears started coming down. That's how lame I am, but I love it so much. But growing up in Long Beach, it was the season where little Al Alancer Jr. was dominating the streets of Long Beach, just loved watching him, and then uh, became a super fan of Jimmy Vassar. We had a dog that we named Vassar after him for a while, and 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 love watching all aspects of racing, but you guys know the focus tends to be on the driver, but racing's a team sport. And the drivers even say that the huge part of them uh, crossing the finish line and reaching the podium has to do with their pit crew and their team that surrounds them. From the sponsors to all the different aspects of the people that make up their pit crew. I mean, you got the guys that change the tires and the guys that fill. And Before they had windshields, the guy ran up and... Tear off the thing, off the face mask, and you got a spotter, and you've got the strategist, and you've got the chief, and you've got the mechanics, and they all work toward this common goal of trying to get their driver across the finish line and onto the podium. It's a team effort. And in this faith journey that we're on, I believe it's a team effort, and God designed it to be done in team and together with tremendous friends in your inner circle. You show me a strong inner circle. I'll show you someone that's enjoying the journey, that's encouraged in the journey. I'll show you someone that can get through the journey, that'll survive the highs and the lows. You show me someone that doesn't have an inner circle or has a miserable inner circle, then I'll show you someone that's really struggling through the journey. And a huge part of your story and a huge part of my story has to do with who is a part of our inner circle. I hope you got some good friends, do you? I hope you are a good friend, are you? It's a make or break in your story and my story. Proverbs chapter 13 verse 20 says, he who walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion of fools suffers harm. Walk with the wise and grow wise, there you have it, but surround yourself with foolish people, and there you have that. The New Testament echoes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33. They they quote something in there that you have heard or read or it's even a cultural sort of thing. Bad company corrupts good character. Bad company corrupts good morals. If you inner circle, if you're saturated with relationships that are icky, our tendency, our default is to just kind of assume room temperature. We'll take on the predominant feel, flavor, culture of those that are around us. And who you surround yourself with can determine the quality and the direction of your life. Friendships determine the quality and the direction of your story and my story. You got high quality friends, then your life's quality and the direction your life is going is gonna be pretty darn sweet. If you got friends that are a mess or toxic or whatever, then guess what? The magnetic pull and the quality and the direction of your life is going to go the same sort of way. And and David, in the scriptures, that, that you've been looking at for the last few weeks, David really knew the importance of relationship and friendship. You see it later in 2 Samuel chapter 23. They list what are called David's mighty men. And he actually sought out these godly men who were amazing leaders and amazing warriors, 30-some-odd guys that were really the inner circle for David. He knew the power of a strong inner circle. But then he had a friendship that was very special and very unique with someone named Jonathan, and that's what we're going to take a look at today. And as we take at a look at it, some of their, their friendship moments in 1 Samuel, Maybe just use some of what the scripture has recorded here about their friendship is honestly, it's one of the most powerful biblical friendships recorded in all of scripture. And when I look at it, I go, gosh, I want those sorts of friends. I want friendships like what they have. And I want to be a friend like they are to each other. It's a make or break in your story and my story. If you got your Bible, open up to the book of 1 Samuel, go to chapter 18, and we start to see the beginning of their friendship and their relationship. 1 Samuel, chapter 18, verse 1. After David had finished talking with Saul, he met Jonathan, the king's son. So Saul is king over Israel, and uh, he's got some problems. He's got some issues. Um, Saul is king, Jonathan is his son, and Jonathan and David are going to become friends. Now, think about that for a moment. Jonathan is the son of the king, which means Jonathan's the prince. Jonathan would be the one to naturally assume the throne next. But what does Jonathan know? Jonathan knows that David has been selected by God to be the next king. And so that could have been a potential jealousy. It is for Saul, but it could have even been jealousy for Jonathan. But rather, they have this connection and friendship, and there's a humility to Jonathan that says, I would rather have my friendship with David that I love than have the throne. Man, I I want friends like that. And so, look at how it gets described. There was an immediate bond between David and Jonathan. For Jonathan loved David. From that day on, Saul kept David with him and wouldn't let him return home. And Jonathan made a solemn pact with David because he loved him as he loved himself. Jonathan sealed the pact by taking off his robe and giving it to David together with his tunic, sword, bow, and belt. There's a tremendous gesture of humility and generosity and sacrifice in their friendship. And if you're kind of taking some notes down just about inner circle friends, then here's a, here's a handful of them we start to see right away. One is that they form a bond of godly love, there's a natural affinity and connection, but they begin to share a godly love for each other. It's not a selfish love, Uh, it's a godly love. The love that God has for them spills onto each other. A God sort of love is the foundation of their friendship. And that's huge. And then they commit to each other over time David and Jonathan are going to go through some high highs and some low lows together. There's a commitment to that. They're not just fair weather friends. And then they're willing to give of themselves, sacrificially, selflessly. Do you have friends like that? Are you a friend like that? If you've got those sort of inner circle friends, I mean, then, you are richly blessed and if you are that sort of friend, then you are a blessing to them. And this is part of God's design and the beauty of what he's given us in brothers and sisters in Christ, what he has given us in the church. Because the church is people, the church is relationship, it's not a building or a program, you are the church. And you can be each other's inner circle and experience this sort of blessing as we walk together in relationship like that. And the friendship that you experience tangibly through other people is an expression of the friendship that God desires to have with me and you. It's huge. I've been blessed more than I can possibly imagine by friends like this. I went to college in Northwest Arkansas, John Brown University, and I had a professor there named Ron Habermas, And Dr. Habermas was one of my Bible teachers and uh, made a huge impact on my life. We're still friends to this day. He made such a big impact because one, he was a phenomenal teacher, but two, he opened his life up to me and invested in me. He cared about me more than just how I was doing in his class. And so two, three times a week for the entire duration of college, I just go to his office and hang out, and we would talk, and he began to mentor me and disciple me. Then when I lost my dad, when I was 28, he flew out to be there. My dad was going to be the best man in my wedding, and we were on the approach to our our wedding, and Ron Habermas stepped in to be my best man in my dad's place. When my first child was born, then Ron flew out to be there for the birth of our firstborn child. Our second child was born. He came out to be there for the birth of our second born child. My grandfather passed away a few years ago. He flew out to San Diego so that we could gather together, and Dr. Habermas led a little ceremony just with my family to honor my grandfather before the Lord. He's been there with us and for our family. Committed to us over time through the good, the bad, and the ugly, and had the privilege of having the inverse of that with him and just getting to celebrate what God's doing in his life and grieve with him when they've been going through tough stuff. But my story is forever different because Ron Habermas has been a part of my story. Do you have those sorts of people? Are you that sort of friend? You catch another glimpse of their friendship in 1 Samuel 19. You skip to that next chapter. You know, David David kept getting into trouble. Sometimes the trouble was stuff that he had caused himself. But a lot of times, I mean, as a warrior and a leader, he's just finding himself in harm's way. And this is another one of those cases. And Saul had tremendous jealousy for David by this point. It just continued to build. Look at verse 1, 1 Samuel 19. Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. But Jonathan, because of his strong affection for David, told him what his father was planning. Tomorrow morning, he warned him, you must find a hiding place out in the fields, and I'll ask my father to go out there with me, and I'll talk to him about you. Then I'll tell you everything I can find out. The next morning, Jonathan spoke with his father about David, saying many good things about him. Picture yourself in that spot. I mean, watching your dad kind of melt down. You've got a loyalty to your dad because he's dad. You've got a loyalty to dad because he's also king. But you're watching some really unhealthy, ungodly behavior. And so he's riding this fine line. You've got this affection for your friend. And even though it meant some potential danger or harm could come to him, Jonathan goes to his dad, to the king, and speaks good things about the guy that his dad thought was an enemy. That's a good moment of friendship. This is what he says, the king must not sin against his servant David, Jonathan said. He's never done anything to harm you. He has always helped you in any way he could. Have you forgotten about the time he risked his life to kill the Philistine giant? And how the Lord brought a great victory to all Israel as a result? You were certainly happy about it then. Why should you murder an innocent man like David? There is no reason for it at all. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, as surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. And at least for a moment, Jonathan's words have an effect on his dad's heart. But that sort of inner circle friend right there, what he's doing is worth noting Couple more things for the list about inner circle friends we see Jonathan doing here is just, he's just saying, Hey, I, I'm gonna talk good about my friends behind their back. Have you ever had that happen? Have you ever had someone compliment you to someone else when you weren't around? And then you bumped into the someone else and they said, Oh, I was just talking to so and so. And they were praising you, they were talking good about you. Sometimes it's even more valuable than the direct to you compliment. How many of you had people talk bad about you behind your back? Every one of us. And if we're honest, we've probably talked poorly about other people behind their back. That is not a godly thing to do. What if the only words that came out of our mouth were useful for building each other up instead of tearing each other down? And good inner circle friends are going to talk good things about you even when you're not around. I want friends like that. I need friends like that. I want to be a friend like that. The goal is to talk to people, not about people. And if you're gonna talk about people, then only say something good. And if you can't say something good, zip it. And that sort of friendship in your inner circle will be powerful and huge. But what I love what Jonathan's really doing here is he's protecting his buddy. He's protecting David despite what it might cost him. Do you have friends that would protect you? Are there some people you would protect? Are there some friends that you'd do anything for, even if it cost you something? Cost you a reputation, put you in jeopardy, cost you some money? And I hope you've got those friends, I hope you are those sorts of friends, because we need some protecting today. You know, it's like this, when we're walking through life, it's especially the faith life, the faith story. It's walking a narrow road. It's like walking on the edge of this stage, and it feels like I'm doing a DUI sort of thing. Not, not that I'd know, but but it's a difficult thing because you know the story that God's authoring isn't always easy, and it feels like this tightrope of faith that we're walking. It's easy to fall off. What makes it worse is that there's an enemy that knows that we're walking the edge and that life is difficult and there's an enemy that just takes any opportunity to shove us and it's easy to to fall multiple times a week, right? But what if I were trying to walk out my faith story that God had for me and I got to bring six of you with me to come up here or maybe three really burly ones of you (laughs) to protect me that while I'm doing my faith walk the narrow road, you're looking out for me and you're protecting me from unhealth and from the enemy and other people that don't have my best interest at heart. And it would make all the difference in how fast I could walk the road or whether I might even make it at all. The friendships are massive, and if you've got that inner circle that's willing to protect you verbally, protect you emotionally, protect you mentally, protect you spiritually, my, you will be blessed. Your story will be different if you've got a strong inner circle. This last little glimpse, if you skip a couple chapters over to 1 Samuel chapter 23, I'm leaking again. My goodness. David finds himself in a spot where he's gone out to protect some people. And while he's out protecting this other town, Saul seizes the opportunity to ambush David. David finds out about it and scurries out into the wilderness and starts hiding in caves. And he's scared and he should be. Saul's been after him for a long time now. But as he's kind of backed into a corner, Jonathan knows what's going on. And again, his friend Jonathan steps up when his back's against the wall to bring some desperately needed encouragement. In 1 Samuel 23, verse 15, one day near Horesh, David received the news that Saul was on the way to Ziph to search for him and kill him. Jonathan went to find David, listen, and encouraged him to stay strong in his faith in God. Don't be afraid, Jonathan reassured him. My father will never find you. You are going to be king of Israel, and I'll be next to you as my father Saul is well aware. So the two of them renewed their solemn pact before the Lord. Then Jonathan returned home while David stayed at Haresh. And what you get a glimpse of here, last little note on good inner circle friend, what Jonathan's doing here is what we all need to be doing and what we all need in our own life. We need a friend that'll remind us of who we really are and who he is and what the real story or the real situation is. The enemy has a way when when stuff gets challenging or difficult and our back's against the wall, we need encouragement. Do you know how many people desperately need encouragement? They need the kind word. They need the comforting word. They need the strengthening word. Some people go, I don't like to give encouragement because I don't want it to go to their head or puff people up. Oh, stop it. Let that be their problem. What if we were generous with our words and our encouragement? Most people are beat up and they're either so hard on themselves or the world's affecting them so deeply that we're at such a deficit for encouragement these days. And I believe God's people need to be generous with encouragement and Jonathan was that way and Jonathan stepped up and brought encouragement and he went to encourage him and he encourages here David to stay strong in his faith in God. Another translation said, Jonathan got up to strengthen David's hand in God's. I like that even better. Because Jonathan was saying, hey, I would rather have your strength come from God than come from me. That's big. Because as much as we can be a tangible expression of God and his love and comfort to other people, we can't be God for other people. We're just a link, we're just a bridge, we're just an extension. And there are some things that only God can do. And when you get into the real rough patch, you really want an inner circle friend that's gonna turn you to God and not just constantly back to them. And Jonathan says, I, I know the real source of strength is in your faith in him. And I need to remind you who he is. A Couple weeks ago, my grandmother that's got Alzheimer's and is in memory care, not doing well. And just two weeks ago, her care facility called and said, we're closing down, you've got four days to relocate her. And this is while we're in this transition. Now thank God, within two days, my mom and my wife found an amazing spot for her. We got her transported over. But even just before we're coming out, she's not doing well. Went to see her. We don't know that she'll make it through this weekend, actually. I just love prayer from my mom in that. Um, Mammy is my grandmother. She, she loves the Lord. So I'm just praying, honestly, the Lord will just, just call her home. It's time for, for Mammy to go home. But I was reflecting on, gosh, we're moving out in a couple days. We don't know where we're going. We don't know where we're going to land. We don't know how this is all going to turn out. Dear sister in the Lord named Julia called, and she said, hey, um, God provided a place for Mammy when you thought that was bleak, didn't he? Yeah. He's going to provide a place for you. Oh, that's right. And I just needed that simple, quick reminder from a dear sister to say, hey, i God's still on the throne. He's still in control. He's still your provider. He's still gonna take care. Oh yeah, that's good. That's good. Over the last couple of years of kind of getting beat up, I've had some tremendous friends speak some love into my life and remind me, hey, you're just God's kid. That's who you are. You're not defined by your past or your failures or you're not defined by uh, a rough patch or this or that or the other thing. You're God's kid and he delights in you. And he's your Abba, he's your daddy, and he's got you. Oh, I needed that. And I had other friends that say, hey, this whole story's not about you. You know that, right? And I think that's important because as much as God's going to use your individual story, the best reminder that maybe we could lean into this weekend is the biggest, grandest story isn't about you. Even your own story isn't meant to be about you. But there's a tremendous weight lifted when you realize that your story is really glorious and beautiful when it gets swallowed up into his story, God's story. And that gives context and covering to all of the highs and lows in the roller coaster of your journey And then when all of our stories collectively together are swallowed up in his story, my goodness, what a powerful testimony of how good God is to literally millions of people over thousands of years. What a beautiful picture. Remember that the real story is about him. And he's going to use your story. But our story was always meant to point to his story. Can I just share super quick my inner circle? Here here they are. Um, This is a handful of my inner circle, some people that had a tremendous impact in making me, me, and who affected personally in relationship, my story, changed my story. In the upper corner there, the goofy bald guy with the girl next to him, that's me and then that's my wife. And you talk about inner circle, my mom's not in there because I've talked about her and she's deep inner circle and hugely influential. I I could have had 50 people on this thing that just have meant so much to me and changed my story over the years. But my wife, she's the real deal. She's my best friend and she loves Jesus so, so much. And she's brilliant and stronger in every way possible than I. And she's just changed my story. I love her dearly. The next to us there is my youth pastor, Eddie, and his wife, Maggie, they tremendous impact and he led me to Christ and changed my ministry journey and my life journey and my life story. Next to them is Ken Davis. He's a Christian comedian and speaker that taught me the art of communication and invested deeply in me. Below Anna and I there is Dr. Habermas and we're still in touch and a second dad and just uh, such a gracious, loving, compassionate super smart man, influential on my story. In the center square there is uh, just a little brother, not by blood, but I love him to death. That's Logan and his wife Kelsey and their little daughter Shiloh, and just think the world of that guy. Next to them is a goofy comedian you might recognize named Jay Leno, and uh, feels like a past life, but some 20 years ago, got to write for him, and he invested in me and cared for me, honestly, in a season that made a tremendous impact. He's so down to earth and uh, it was influential in my, my story and uh, a lot of different ways. The humility of that man was just tremendous. Below him there is uh, another youth pastor, Phil, and his wife, Elizabeth, that taught me about leadership and missions, taught me about how to handle God's word, I'm forever indebted, And then there in the bottom middle, two of my best friends, my best buddies, my best friend, Bo. He's the one with the big beard there, and we got to do radio, and Bo uh, is a gift from God to me, would fall on a sword for me in a heartbeat and makes me laugh like no other. In the middle there is my friend, Chris, and he's my all-time favorite communicator and the most sweetest spirit of any human being Struck with a crazy muscle and nerve disease at eighth grade and is literally the best communicator I've ever heard in my life. God uses him in miracles. I hope to have him here someday. And in that bottom corner, there's my family. You talk about inner circle, my two boys and my little girl and my wife. My goodness, that's an inner circle that I am not deserving of. My boys and my little girl just mean the world to me and they've changed my story. I hope you've got those sorts of inner circle friends. I hope you can be that sort of friend to someone that needs it. It's God's heart for us. Some of you might be thinking, you know what, I don't know that I need anybody. I'm okay on my own. All right, I get that, but I beg to differ. But if you think I don't really need anybody, okay, well let's play with that for just a moment. Maybe somebody needs you. They need your story. They need your gifting. They need your heart. I get that you feel like you don't need them, but maybe they need you. Or maybe you sit here today and you feel like, you know what? I don't feel like I have anybody. I think I'm all alone. I really want an inner circle, but I don't have it. Can I tell you this? Jesus came and he died and he rose again so he could call you friend. Jesus very much wants to be your friend. That's mind blowing and humbling to me. You're never without a friend if you've got Jesus. And then secondarily, there's church here, people, our brothers and sisters in Christ that we can help to become an inner circle for you. There's somebody here for you, there is. And even though you feel like now you don't have anybody, that doesn't mean you can't start being that person for somebody else. And when you step out and you go meet the need that you are feeling in your own life, my God, he just fills in the gaps and starts this ripple effect of relationship in a beautiful way. And it'll change your story. And collectively together, it'll all point to his glorious story of what he's intended for people all along. In the name of Almighty God, let's be those sorts of people. So gracious Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for the friendship that you call us into, that you allow us to have with you. We thank you that you've then blessed us with the church, these amazing people, and the ones we know, the ones that we don't know yet that you're bringing to us. We ask, Father, that you would... uh, Help us be the type of friend that exhibits godly love and commitment and sacrifice and selflessness and that you'd meet our needs with those sorts of friends in our inner circle for our benefit, but for your glory, God. We pray that you'd meet the needs of those that are struggling in friendships right now and provide for them in huge ways. We'll be quick to give you the praise and the glory. We love you so much. Thank you for loving us first. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen.
0: Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that. And you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us. And please join me again next week for the Connection Point podcast.